Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Use Up Pens podcast. I'm your host, Tristan. And per usual, we have mom and dad here. Say hello. 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 Hey. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We, I'm sorry, we have a bit of a different setup in here, so it distracted me. Um, Trent's sitting on the floor in our new podcast room, enjoying himself. Yay on for the, the nice new podcast room. Yay. The nice new rug. Trent likes it. And uh, Demi, our dog, was getting in his business, so it was distracting <laughs> me from my intro. Uh, yeah, so, okay, today we're going to be talking about kind of, um, do you know what we're talking about, Dad? Uh, Mom just filled me oh, in okay. about Trent, Trent's <laughs> education yeah. classrooms like, and oh, stuff. I was like, oh, this is going to be fun for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to be talking about, um, yeah, Trent's supports and what he got that was different than the regular ed classroom throughout his educational career, school career. What's that called? That sounds that. good. <laughs> yep. Ask the school psych over there. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. we. Do you want to talk about what you talked to me about earlier, Mom? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, the states, the... Like for us, it's the Kansas Department of Education. They really push for students to be in the regular ed environment as much as possible. And for some students, that works really well. And for others like Trent, it did not work so well. And um, and we did, you know, we tried several different um, styles of classrooms that we're going to talk about. Uh, but... Uh, sometimes the least restrictive environment is very re- considered very restrictive to <laughs> Trent is cracking up <laughs> very restrictive to, to um, other students for yeah. Trent it was it was his least restrictive to be in a self-contained room and not be with his regular ed peers uh, ended up being not really at all because he was in a private school so um, don't you think when he was, when they tried to, wh- I don't know what the, what the right word is, Inte- integrate include. him, in- mm-hmm. include him, thank you, <laughs> include him in the regular ed classrooms, don't you think that actually added more stress to his day with all the activity and the conversation and the things that were going yeah, on? Yeah, I think I, that's why the, the one year that he spent in regular ed mostly as a resource kid uh, went so badly. Yeah. Yeah. So least restrictive is really talking about like self-contained could was actually least restrictive yeah. for him right. because it caused him much less anxiety. And mm-hmm. uh, right. People associate least restrictive with the regular ed classroom. Yeah. And that's because for the majority of kids, it is better for them to be with their regular peers as much as possible. There are some exceptions. To the rule. This is weird. Like we're hiding between the <laughs> yeah, boom it's fine. stand things. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's very individualized. Yes. Yeah. Per each kid that comes in. No matter the age too, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I agree. And every one is different, right? So yeah. you have to person, that's why, person by person. That's why students in special education have individualized education plans. Ooh. Ooh. IEPs. They need to be, they no. all should look different. IEPs. Yeah. What'd you call it? IEP. 
Oh, oh, I thought you said IDD, and I was like, I thought he said IED. <laughs> anyway, we're not hearing uh, you. The, IEP. The people listening and watching, uh, if you're on Patreon and watching, you you heard me. If you're on Patreon and watching, you're probably enjoying Trent. Yeah. <laughs> Distracting he's, us. He's he enjoying. Trent's super enjoying. Happy. Yeah. <laughs> enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. Speaking of Trent, let, <laughs> he made direct eye contact with me in that moment. Um, yeah, let's talk about like the. The, I guess, yeah, the different environments that he was in throughout his educational career. So, like, I guess, Mom, you were telling me earlier, too, like, his kindergarten classroom. I think it was kindergarten. And well, he his started first in, grade. Wasn't he in early childhood? Yeah, I know that. Listen okay. to me. His kindergarten and his first grade class classes the way that he was included was a lot different so right. yeah just guide us through the journey of trans <laughs> educational supports okay well you meant cory mentioned early childhood and he did have a typical early childhood experience uh with you know with role models and and with special needs kids Me. and right tristan was a role model in his class and tj was another um, student on an IEP in his class his last year of early childhood so pretty cool he got to be in class with his brother his younger brother and his sister um, but kindergarten we had him go to a uh, so we're, we live in a county that has a it was a co-op at the time special ed so he could go anywhere in the county and still be under the same umbrella of special education, and they would transport him there. The district would transport him there. So for kindergarten, he went to um, a high-need classroom. Some people call it um, functional applied academics. It's called different things, but basically the highest-need self-contained classroom in the county for kindergarten. And I, I applaud them for potty training him, I mean, I feel like he was potty trained in that classroom, uh, which was great. When would that have been? Because he was I, six. He didn't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Because I was thinking, I was thinking younger, and I was like, wait, he didn't no. potty train until TJ did. No, because kindergarten, there, <laughs> he was five until November. Then he was six. Okay. Um, but he also was. That was a year that he wasn't as aggressive. They weren't seeing that as much, and so they recommended that he go back to his home school for first grade which was also my first year of going back to teaching oh yeah and it was terrible i remember that yeah what do you remember about that well i i just remember you talking about be, being down the hall and you could hear him in the other wing of the school mm -hmm. having a meltdown and then and it you know, having to try and figure out, do you go as the mom or do you stay away as the, as the teacher and handle mm -hmm. your own job and your own kids? So, uh, yeah. And the, and, and seeing, you know, Trent made life rough on a lot of his teachers and paras. Um, and you had to see that, like the aftermath of that, when you'd go down the hall and one of the staff would be out, out in the hall away from him, mm -hmm. uh, trying to compose themselves. So I remember his classroom was on the very end of the hallway, yeah. and I was in the other wing, like you said, with the older kids. 
Yeah, but I remember him having a meltdown, and I locked myself in the staff bathroom and just covered my ears and cried. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't help. You know, I couldn't go running and help. I was trying so hard to separate the two, and yeah, yeah. that was a rough year. We're so glad you're having so much fun now, Trent. <laughs> <laughs> right, but um, he made it through the whole year, but. It was rough. Yeah. And did we, you make it through the whole year? <laughs> well, she's still here. <laughs> so Yeah, somehow. But it was not fun. What grade was he in? Did you First say? grade. First grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he went to early childhood, like pre-KK. I don't know the breakdowns. I'm not in education. I don't know. And then first grade, all in the same school, right? Well, he went to Andover for that kindergarten oh. year. Um, so we went to a different town for the kindergarten okay. year and then back to our home school for first grade. And then we had a meeting towards the end of the year and said, this isn't working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Need to go back to a self-contained environment. And it was, it was better. But with Ooh. him, it was the aggression that kept him from being in the regular classroom. Uh, who... Brought it up that it wasn't working. I well, think it was like, mutual. I think everybody did. Yeah, everybody around the table was like, "Yeah, this is not." We they were losing Paris left and right. Yeah, and were uh, there times that the school brought it up and you didn't, or you brought it up and the school didn't? I think we. Well, the times that there was a time that it was that it was the hardest in figuring out his placement was when he he had gone to a classroom that could meet his behavioral needs in Andover and, but they couldn't, but they, their complaint was we can't meet his academic needs. And so they moved him to El Dorado to a classroom that was more, um, at the time MR, it was more Mm. for intellectually disabled and they thought they could meet his academic needs. But once he got in that room, they couldn't handle his behavioral needs. So, these two teams uh, at the two different schools really struggled. I mean, mm-hmm. they were, yeah. we were, we attended a pretty ugly meeting, <laughs> which shouldn't have been that way. And I worked for the interlocal or the co-op. So I tried to keep my mouth shut. Just, I just don't want to be that parent who came in and told them what they're doing wrong or what they needed sure. to do. But um, it was just hard. There, I think, so first of all, one of the good things, and one of the things that you have done very well, Andrea, is um, because of your education background, you have really done well with walking the fine line between um, being a fierce advocate for Trent and all and all your children in in school and education, but also recognizing that the people you're dealing with are professionals who want, who want the best for your child. Um, and so I, I feel like you always handled that very well. Um, the other thing that I think we experienced is we, we had a lot of, um, had a lot of, I don't know what the, what the word is faith or confidence in the, in the staff that worked with Trent, you know, the, the, the teachers, the educators, the, 
the paras, we always felt like they were really doing their best. And, and Trent was just really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think for some of them, there was the issue of like, th- they actually felt like they were failing him because oh, yeah. they couldn't, they couldn't handle it. And I, and that bothered, um, not all of them, but some of them, um, certainly. I, uh, I mean, he was very lovable. Yeah. Um, when, and, when and he's like so this, I, well, <laughs> I believed them when they said, oh, we, we love him, Yeah. but this is hard. Like we, yeah. Yeah. we can't continue getting injured or, or whatever, right. you know? Um, and so <laughs> that made it a little bit easier, I guess, to try to find, to keep searching for the right answers for him as far as education goes when we didn't feel like he was being rejected because we don't want this kid in our school. I mean, yeah. it didn't feel like that. It felt like this is hard. What do we do now mm-hmm. each time? What? At, at, I lost track of where we're at in his years of You don't of have schooling. to go chronologically. But... <laughs> At what was that the time when they had that meeting with the two classrooms or whatever? Was that the time they first brought up HeartSpring? I think it was. Well, he was eight when they first brought up HeartSpring, so that it was when he was in that classroom in Andover before yeah. they sent him to El Dorado. I think. Oh. Um, but yeah, so at eight years old, we went and visited um, HeartSpring. In fact, the director of special ed came to us and said, "I want you to go visit this school." Yeah. Um, and it was scary. Like, yeah, we were not, we were not, we were not prepared for that. Um, mind you, how old were you guys when, oh gosh, when he was eight, when he was eight, we were children. Well, I was 26 that's when my, he was born. So 34, 34. Yeah. That seems like a long time ago. Yeah. But you know, we saw, we saw kids Big kids being restrained in the hallway. Yeah. We saw kids with gloves and helmets. And yeah, it, I mean, we've talked about this deep before. down inside. A, we knew that was, yeah, that was appropriate. Where we were that heading. was appropriate yeah. place. But it was just like we were, we could not wrap our head around it's time for this. No parent. It's uh, a hard decision. Even when, yes, even when you know that that is the need of your child at the time, it's hard to see it. And, and so we weren't ready. Of course, by the time he went to heart spring, we were absolutely ready. Oh yeah. <laughs> we were 100% Fast forward ready. a few years. His most. <laughs> yeah. He was a- 11 when he and, went. So it was three years and, later and biggest struggle years. So. <laughs> Don't eat. One. He's never sat in here with us. Like, no, of course, there hasn't really been the space this for it. New. There was a table and stuff. Well, yeah. and we're talking about him, and he's fine. Yeah, and yeah. He's, fine. he's never yeah. been this happy when we're talking about him. <laughs> yeah. Um, Does Trini love his daddy? So, um, <laughs> what happened was there was a teacher at Andover Middle School who taught their FAA or high need classroom, whatever it was called at the time. Uh, who and Trent was like in third grade and she had known of Trent like it's kind of funny even when he was little people like knew of him by his drawing mm. you know they they've they, is he the kid who oh, draws yeah. you know I had someone we didn't have any products or anything that, like that but but people n- knew of him well I had someone 
working at HeartSpring, this was like maybe last year, they were from a school in Andover, I think. And they had contacted me about supporting or, or the a family from that school had contacted me asking to reach out to the principal because I do autism trainings and I talk to schools, kids and staff about autism. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I got in contact with this principal and without, you know, saying anything, she basically said like, she said something along the lines of, I know about HeartSpring from this kid that I used to work in the classroom with. <laughs> and he drew phenomenally. He was an amazing artist. And I was like, there's no way that that's not Trent. Right. She didn't know. Yeah. It, like where he was at now, I don't think. But she was like, he, I know he went to HeartSpring and he was an amazing artist. And then I was like, well, my brother Trent is a good artist. And he went to HeartSpring. And she's like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, my brother Trent. That's his name, Trent Leandreth. I'm like, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. So pe- I believe you. Like, yeah. People knew of him from his art even yeah. before anything ever happened with it. So this teacher, when he was in third grade, and the high school teacher of the high need classroom, they both were, um, they just had a passion, huge passion for for kids, um, high knee kids. And they offered to take him for summer school. And so third grade, he went to middle school and high school for summer school. And it was really, it was really good. So when things got really, really hard in his classroom, they, um, the middle school teacher took him for middle school in fourth grade. Something like that. Fourth grade into fifth grade. So. Um, All of those years run together for me. I mean, I, I, I have always been, I know I work for them, but. I've always been thankful for the administration of our special ed interlocal now uh, because they, they really did do or tried to find the best and, and they, they let us lead and they, um, they just really wanted the best for him. And we could, we could tell. What advice would you give somebody if their school district is not letting them lead? (laughs) (laughs) that's that's touchy i i think um every every school district every school employee teacher what, what administrator whatever knows there are parents who aren't as interested in their children and their education as maybe they ought to be sure trying to be very careful yeah. <laughs> I, I say that. um but i think so so i think sometimes they go into those meetings c- cautiously they also learn pretty quickly what parents are um are involved in and in, in caring and want the best for their child so so i would say like the first thing i would say having a a spouse who is in education and having dealt with teachers and staff and administrators, I would say, number one, um, don't be a jerk <laughs> um, as a parent. Recognize that in the vast majority of the cases, the staff and the, and the professionals there, they want the best for your child. And so if you go into those meetings assuming that, I think that makes it, I think that makes it better. Having said that, you are the parent, 
And you really, it's your job, I think, to, to lead that and to make sure that the best is being done for your kid. And I think you can do that again without, without being a jerk. Yeah. But and I think too, asking questions, like making sure you understand everything mm-hmm. because schools, I mean, anybody really uses like acronyms and like quick language, whatever jargon, jargon mm-hmm. to communicate what they need because they live in that world. Right. But anybody <laughs> outside is not going to know that it's just honest mistake or like honest misunderstanding, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so don't be afraid to ask questions. Right? I often stopped meetings to say, you all have to quit talking. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm at the table, but I, you're talking a language I don't understand. Yeah. And, and in our meetings, to be fair, they were a little more, um, they knew I understood. Yeah. So yeah. they weren't as careful not to use jargon. Yeah. W- but in I our reminded meetings. them. Yeah. But he did. Yeah. I even have, like, I have a parent um, of one of the kids that I work with whom I attend all of his IEPs and MDRs and whatever. I rarely say anything in the meeting, but she has, the mom has told me before, I feel more comfortable and able to ask questions and speak up and advocate for my son. And again, she's so kind and polite in the meetings. Um, But she has told me just because... I'm there and she's yeah. comfortable with me. She's able to ask more questions and stuff. And she's even like, if I've missed a meeting, she will send me the paperwork and say like, Hey, can you look over this mm-hmm. and make sure I understand before I give it back? Nice. So I would say to parents, know your parents' rights. I mean, yeah. you should be given a parent's rights handbook. Anytime you ask questions about special education, you or ask for one, a parent's rights handbook. Mm-hmm. Know your rights, and and like Tristan said, I was I was thinking that too. Ask questions. I mean, you may think you don't know what you're talking about, but we understand in education that you don't live in that world. Yeah. Um. And and that you have questions, and and they need to be explained to you. Um. What else was I gonna say? So don't be afraid to, to ask questions. And, and over the last year, I've actually had two parents that requested an evaluation. The, the team didn't decide to evaluate and then approach the parents. Like the parent requested. And, this, and, and these kids actually qualified and needed the support. And I was totally unaware that, you know, okay, so I'm a school psychologist. I was unaware that the need was that great. Mm. And maybe the teacher was even, even unaware that the need was that great. But I've gone back to the parent and said, thank you for, thank you for yeah. referring your child or, or requesting an evaluation because we had no idea. I mean, I'm in the middle of one right now that the kid qualifies gifted and we didn't even know we were looking at that. And mm-hmm. we're like, well, maybe this will help what's going on in the classroom. Yeah. So yeah, it's not be because afraid. you're not paying attention to their kid. It's just that you have a school full of kids. Right. Well, right. you, th- you think about, okay, in, in our world, we had four children at home. We had, there were two of us and we had four children to take care of. And obviously one required more attention and energy than the other three. 
in the school district, you have one teacher for 20, 20 some kids. 30 kids, yeah. whatever. So the, the other thing I was thinking about was, uh, while you were saying that, was I, I think sometimes parents uh, go into this like, like, I'm the parent, I know my kid best. And I think in many cases that's true. But remember, your child is without you in the classroom for how many hours Eight a day? Eight hours a day. And, and you, you know, we get, we have been around all this for a long time. And so we know that there are parents who go, you know, well, I just know my child would never do that. Really? <laughs> do, you, do you really know how your child functions in this environment that you are never a part of? Um, so I, I think there's probably some grace to be uh, given on both sides of that. Yeah, uh, and I was going to say the opposite, that um, you know parents do know their children best, but like you said, they know their children at home. At home, yeah. Um, and, and sometimes that looks, it's hard at home and easy at school. Sometimes it's hard at school and easy, easy at, at home. home. I mean, it just, it just varies, and we need everybody's input. Yeah. That's why it's supposed to be the, the parent and the, and the staff at the school are supposed to be on the same side. And, well, sure, and I they're think all the same team for their kids' education. When, when, a, when a parent feels like the district isn't doing what they think they ought to, that can become very antagonistic very quickly. But, but again, I think in most cases it's because the, the parent might be assuming something is either being done or not being done or that the, the, their child is doing or isn't doing. And there, there's, there's lots of assumptions that are made there. So sure. I, I would just, I think would just say, be, be very careful um, about that. And I, and I think you can be a strong advocate and still be gracious and, and work with the staff. Um, and having been the parent who was a para in the classroom with Trent, of course he was, in his own room the whole time, basically. Uh, I, yeah, it's a hard job. I, a lot of respect for the paras and the staff that worked with Trent because that was hard for me as his parent to handle when he was having a, 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 a meltdown. Well, and you might clarify, uh, that that wasn't your job that you were asked to do that to help them get by until he went to hard spring. Yeah, that wasn't my job. I was asked to come in and be a para in his classroom <laughs> for the last semester and summer. You and weren't semester. just like you weren't just like a para as a job, and he happened yeah. to be in a classroom. Like, oh <laughs> yeah, no, you know, no, I they, get what you're clarifying. I was like, are you just yeah. repeating everything that she just no, said? It was a or? rough. It was a rough time, and so they they needed help in the room, and and so I was able to. To do that well and you know it was short short term because they were waiting for that opening at hard yeah. spring so he could go there yeah when he was 11 yep yeah okay. good job bud i was helping him breathe okay yeah. <laughs> yeah um okay do you have any other classrooms that you specifically remember trimping in that was about it other than hard spring yeah, he, he yeah. was in the classroom in Andover for kindergarten, and then the same type of classroom. Then a couple of years later, when he was older, and then in El Dorado, and you know, people still talk about uh, 
that they worked with him. You know, we, we run into people all the time yeah. who were either a para or a teacher who who knew of him in the in the building. Yeah. People, like I said, they loved him. They were fascinated by his art and and it was just hard. Yeah. I I remember though, um again, I think we've talked about this before when he made the transition to Heartspring and and it was such a different uh, was such a different environment for us because we go in there and, and if he was um, upset, they, boy, they snapped to it and they handled it very quickly. <laughs> and, uh, I, <laughs> uh, and, and so that was, that was a lot different for us because we always felt like we needed to get involved before and they, they really handled it. And, and, and then all of a sudden he was in a classroom where, he was not the the alpha individual, yeah. like the yeah. most right. aggressive individual in the classroom, and so that was mm-hmm. a that was they a totally different. Yeah, he was just one of the one of yeah the gang. one of many in there. So <laughs> yeah, that was I'm sure that was different for him, but yeah, um, cool. You know. Okay, Trent's getting a little antsy. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, he's running out of it. Yeah, <laughs> he's hungry, probably um, hungry. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, good thing. Oh yeah, it is. Uh, it's yeah. after dinner time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Easton's giving him his animal pictures on ah, my phone. Nice. Uh, yeah. Okay. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Any more encouragement if you have it for educators and parents? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'd say if you if you're a parent and you want someone there for support, like Tristan is saying that she was, that's great. But you don't have to have an advocate to be able to ask questions and to be able to yeah. say what you think your child needs because um, they the school really does care about your child or they wouldn't be in the business, <laughs> you know, they wouldn't be yeah. in education, and uh, just communication is mm-hmm. key. And and they they want the best for your child, but they also want the best for the other twenty kids that they're dealing yeah. with and so that that sometime is a this is a balancing act for them and so I again again I think as parents we have to recognize that um, my child is the most important thing to me and but but there's a whole bunch of children that are important to their families that are in that yeah. environment and so going into that um, with that understanding uh and and I think I I was trying to think what I what I would say to educators um, who might be going into that, and I, and and I think maybe the only thing would be like like just recognize that like for us even with your even with your schooling and your education, Andy, that this was new territory for us. Like we didn't we didn't ask for it. We didn't mm-hmm. want that to happen. And so. Um, recognizing that that a lot of parents in those situations are are scared um they're 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 worn out exhausted mm-hmm. uh and and so everybody's coming into that with with baggage and struggles and um recognize that that parent probably you know they're not going to have the education that you have uh as a professional as a teacher or whatever whatever and 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 that they're going to need to be brought along in that process a little more than just, I, I think sometimes it can be like, this is the way it needs to be, as opposed to, this is what we think would be best, and here's why. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, well, thanks, guys, for all your encouragement and inspiration.
Um, Thanks for joining us. I was us, trying Trent. to remember the three things. And education. Oh. And education. <laughs> right. Good job, sis. I was being dad for a second. Um, yeah, so thanks so much for listening. Hope you guys got all of those words from this uh, episode. Um, if you haven't yet, check out our previous episodes that we have. Um, uh, or you, even better, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash drawings by Trent and watch on video. Do you have something to say? Yeah, I have something to say. I, I just wanted to shout out to, uh, we've had uh, two, maybe three in the last couple weeks, um, people who have listened to the podcast and, and emailed or direct messaged on social media. Uh, one lady recently said she binged, listened to every episode uh, that we have in the course of a week wow. and wanted to message and and say what what an encouragement it was and how inspiring it was to listen and how much she'd learned educational wow (laughs) that's right so uh anyway it's awesome we we'd love to we'd love to hear that and uh if you're one of those people who has listened um or watched uh we like to hear in direct message and emails but we would love to have you rating and review yes rating a review on whatever platform you're uh, listening on would be fantastic because then that bumps it up and um, puts it out to more people. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so catch us in a couple weeks for the next episode of the Used Up Pens podcast. Bye. Bye.